0: Good morning, church. If you all would turn with me to Daniel chapter 8. In the third year of the reign of King Belshazzar, a vision appeared unto me, even unto me Daniel, after that which appeared unto me at the first. And I saw in a vision, and it came to pass, when I saw that I was at Shushan in the palace, which is in the province of Elam, and I saw in a vision, and I was by the river of Ulai. Then I lifted up my eyes, and saw, and behold, there stood before the river a ram, which had two horns. And the two horns were high, but one was higher than the other, and the higher came up last. And I saw the ram pushing westward, and northward, and southward, so that no beast might stand before him. Neither was there any that could deliver out of his hand, but he did according to his will, and became great. And as I was considering, behold, a he-goat came from the west, on the face of the whole earth. And touched not the ground. And the goat had a notable horn between his eyes. And he came to the ram that had two horns, which I had seen standing before the river, and ran into him in the fury of his power. And I saw him come close unto the ram, and he was moved with choler, or rage, against him, and smote the ram, and brake his two horns. And there was no power in the ram to stand before him. But he cast him down to the ground and stamped upon him, and there was none that could deliver the ram out of his hand. Therefore, the he-goat waxed very great, and when he was strong, the great horn was broken, for it came up four notable ones toward the four winds of heaven. And out of one of them came forth a little horn, which was waxed exceedingly great toward the south, toward the east, and toward the pleasant land. And it waxed great, even to the host of heaven, and it cast down some of the host, and of the stars, to the ground, and stamped upon them. Yea, he magnified himself, even to the prince of the hosts, and by him the daily sacrifice was taken away and the place of his sanctuary was cast down. And a host was given him against the daily sacrifice by reason of transgression, and it cast down the truth to the ground, and it practiced and prospered. Then I heard one saint speaking, and another saint said unto that certain saint which spake, How long shall be the vision concerning the daily sacrifice and the transgression of desolation to give both the sanctuary and the host to be trodden underfoot? And he said unto me, Unto two thousand and three hundred days. Then shall the sanctuary be cleansed. And it came to pass when I, even I, Daniel, had seen the vision and sought for the meaning. Then behold, there stood before me as the appearance of a man. And I heard a man's voice between the banks of Ulai, which called and said, Gabriel, make this man to understand the vision. So he came near where I stood, and when he came, I was afraid and fell upon my face. But he said unto me, Understand, O son of man, for at the time of the end shall be the vision." Now as he was speaking with me, I was in a deep sleep on my face toward the ground, but he touched me and set me upright. And he said, Behold, I will make thee know what shall be in the last end of the indignation, for at the time appointed the end shall be. The ram which thou sawest having two horns are the kings of Medea and Persia, and the rough goat is the king of Grisha, and the great horn that is between his eyes is the first king. Now that being broken, whereas four stood up for it, four kingdoms shall stand up out of the nation but not in his power and in the latter time of their kingdom when the transgressors are come to the full a king of fierce countenance and understanding dark sentences shall stand up and his power shall be mighty but not by his own power and he shall destroy wonderfully and shall prosper and practice and shall destroy the mighty and the holy people and through his policy also he shall cause craft to prosper in his hand and he shall magnify himself in his heart and by peace shall destroy many. He shall also stand up against the prince of princes, but he shall be broken without hand. And the vision of the evening and the morning which was told is true. Wherefore, shut thou up the vision, for it shall be for many days. And I, Daniel, fainted and was sick certain days. Afterward, I rose up and did the king's business, and I was astonished at the vision, but none understood it. If you'll join me as we pray. Lord God, we come to you today on your day to lift you up, to glorify you. I pray that your presence would be with us, that you would open hearts and make it your home. I pray that you are with Jackie as he goes through this word and studies it a little deeper, that he would have you with him and that you would work through him. And I pray that you're with the teachers in the, the children's Sunday school as well, Lord, that they would have your spirit and your discernment to teach these little children of heaven what you are about in Jesus name amen. amen
1: so a lot of times when we study prophecy i think we we get some mixed up ideas about the purpose a why why does God, at times, tell us the future before it happens? Maybe sometimes we think it's so that the Lord can prepare us. Maybe some people think uh, a variety of other reasons. But I've always found it's best to go to the Word of God to find out those whys. And I think for us today, you know, for, when we go through Daniel chapter 8 today and Daniel chapter 11 in a couple of weeks... Uh, we're, we're looking at history, but the unique thing about it as we look at history is you can see that that history was written 400 years before it occurred, that it was written in 500 B.C., and the, the events we're going to be reading about are around 150, 165. So there, mankind can't tell us why that is. The, the favorite thing that people do when they come to Daniel is they say, well, Daniel couldn't have been written when he said it was. He couldn't have been around the time of of Nebuchadnezzar. It had to be a later Daniel. You guys realize there's one problem with that theory, right? You guys remember that little story about the Dead Sea Scrolls? Yeah, and the kid threw a rock in a cave. Something broke. He went inside. What did he find? Old Testament, among other writings. They found a scroll of the Old Testament dating back to 270 B.C. Guess what was in it? Yeah, Daniel. So it couldn't have been written after 150. Remember, B.C. works backwards, right? Counting down to zero. (laughs) Only there's no year zero. Counting down. So we see that the the writings of Daniel predate the events that go on. You might argue, I would say, 400 years. But you have to at least give it 150. Now what are you going to do? Either way, it's a long time before it happened. Are we in agreement with that? So... We read it, you and I. We go back and we look at Daniel eight and Daniel eleven, and we see and we can see history. You'll see it when we lay it out for you. You'll see, oh my gosh, look at that! It's just like God was telling us history before it happened. And then we we come to a book like Revelation, which we're going to be studying hopefully in about I don't know six weeks, something like that, on on Wednesday nights. Um, uh, we're still in Psalms, so don't panic. I'll let you know when I switch to. To Revelation, but as we as we move toward that, we'd read Revelation. I think a lot of times we feel like Daniel did at the end of this prophecy. You see it? What Daniel say? He said, "Oh, I Daniel fainted and was sick for days. Afterward, I rose and I went about the king's business. I was astonished at the vision, but no one understood it. Looking forward at predictive prophecy, if you think you have twenty twenty vision, looking forward." you're a better person than Daniel. Because Daniel, who was much beloved of God, who was visited by the angel Gabriel, and had a lot of it explained to him, didn't understand it. Now we come thousands of years later, and when we look back on Daniel's prophecies, we can see it. But there are some prophecies that we have to look forward to, right? And when we do, we have to realize, I, I don't... <coughs> I don't think God gave us those so that we could stockpile food, drink, that we could be prepared for for hard events. I don't don't think that's why God gives us predictive prophecy. So to understand predictive prophecy and the purpose behind it, I go to Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 46. In Isaiah 46, uh, beginning at verse 8, he says this, Remember this and show yourselves men... Recall to mind, O you transgressors, remember the former things of old, for I am God, and there is no other. I am God, and there is none like me, declaring the end from the beginning, and from ancient times things that are not yet done, saying, my counsel shall stand, and I will do all my pleasure. God lays out for us. He's talking to the nation of Israel. They're just getting ready to go to Babylon. Now we're reading Daniel. Babylon's almost over. Now we're reading Daniel and we're seeing similar things. Now what did God say to him? He said, hey, all you sinners, all you transgressors. So, so is there any that that leaves us out of today? We all qualify as transgressors? Otherwise i got to preach a whole different sermon. So let me know. So... We're all sinners. Oh, you sinners, consider the former things. Remember how I told you what was going to happen before it happened so that you would know that God is the God of all time. This time as much as that time. That God was moving and working behind the scenes in ways people didn't understand. And you and I, we look at our time today and we need to realize the same thing. God's working and moving behind the scenes in ways we don't understand. But God's still there. Just like he was in their day. When they thought, man, I can't believe how bad it's getting. Surely it won't get any worse. God tells us the end from the beginning so that we can know that we can trust him. And I want you to think about the response of John. John, at the end of the book of Revelation, Revelation chapter 22, it says, Now I, John, saw and heard these things, and when I heard and saw, I fell down to worship before the feet of the angel who showed me these things. What's the point? What was the purpose? John, seeing a future he couldn't understand, hearing the prophecies that God would lay out, and seeing the events of the future that were going to come, where did it lead him to? What did he want to do? He wanted to worship. Now he does it wrong. He falls down before the angel, and so the angel in the next verse says, Whoa, whoa, don't bow down and worship me. What's he say? Worship God. Just bow down and worship God. So John, through prophecy, is driven to worship God. To worship God for his sovereign or his sovereignty over creation, over the the realm of man. That God is bringing. All of time, from a beginning to a conclusion. Now, none of us know when that conclusion is. I don't care who can buy what billboard and put what date on. It doesn't make any difference. It's almost a dead giveaway that they're wrong. Right? Didn't, didn't Jesus say, no one knows the time? It's, it cracks me up how many people will make a prediction. Yeah, not, uh, 88 reasons Jesus is coming back in 1988. You guys remember it? If, <laughs> any of you who were alive in 88? 88? Do you know what the book was the next year? 89 reasons Jesus coming back in 89. <laughs> the Bible tells nobody's going to know. What we do know is time is moving from a beginning to a conclusion. And that all of that time is following the course that God directs. It is following the course that as God guides it. How do we know that? We look at the, the prophecies of Daniel, right? Remember the statue? All the kingdoms of men are what? temporary they're passing away but he told us the order they were going to go in you guys all thought I was crazy when I said Babylon, Medo-Persia Greece, Rome but then what do we come in Daniel chapter 8 he named them didn't he the two critters that were fighting what did he say they were Medo-Persia and Greece He 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 doesn't name Alexander but he tells us the prominent king of Greece that conquered the world who's that it's not hard for us to figure out is it We don't have to do some kind of numerology. We can come right down to it. So we need to realize the purpose behind it, that God is letting us know that it's all in His hands. Now, I want you to hold on to that and roll yourself back now to Romans 8.28 when it says, For we know all things work together for good to those who love God, to the called, to the ones that belong to the Lord. God's saying, you know. And that word know doesn't mean you you. Um, somehow have a supernatural knowledge, it means you know because of what you've seen in the past. Your knowledge has grown by what you can see. When we read Scripture and we see God taking care of Daniel, can we say God can take care of us too? When we see God taking care of the nation of Israel in the Exodus, can we say God will take care of us too? When we see the Scripture telling us that God knows how... To preserve the righteous and bring the wicked into judgment, can we believe that God can do that so that 's why we can hold to the promise it says, "I know because of all those who have gone before me that god 's in control, and that he is going to bring history to its proper conclusion and sometimes I think we lose sight of that so let 's go look at let 's look at Daniel chapter eight, see if we can I'm not utterly confused, everyone. And, uh, and bring about uh, this little history lesson that Daniel gives us that was predictive for him. It says, in the third year of the reign of King Belshazzar, a vision appeared to me. To me, Daniel, after the one that appeared to me the first time, I saw in a vision, and so it happened, while I was looking, I was at Shushan, the citadel, which is in the province of Elam, and I saw in the vision, I was by the river Uli. So we're in roughly the third year of Belshazzar, 550 B.C. Where He says he's at the river Uli, but the river Uli is not a river right now. In the time that Daniel's living in, it's a canal. It's going to be broadened and expanded by Cyrus, the king of the Medes and the Persians. And Cyrus, the king of the Medes and the Persians, is going to make Shushan, where, it's, where he says, I'm standing in, in Shushan, in Susa, he's going to make that one of his fortresses. He's going to develop it, make it a, 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 little, a, a little kingdom, a little palace that he's going to have there. So really, from the place that he's at and the place that he's standing, it's all, he's, he's like he is in the future from the time he's in. Okay, so his vision takes him to the future. He's roughly 120 miles east of Babylon. Now he says, here's the conflict. Then I lifted my eyes and I saw. And there standing beside the river was a ram which had two horns. And the two horns were high. But one was higher than the other. And the higher one came up last. Now does that remind you of a bear? You remember when we talked about the bear? What was weird about the bear? He was what? Higher on one side. Remember I told you when we work our way through prophecy, we want to try to, to see those similarities? Here we got a horn higher on one side than the other. A bear lifted up on one side than the other. Now we don't have to guess who this guy is, do we? No, trust me. And we get in a few verses, he's gonna say it's the Medo Persians. God's gonna tell Daniel the second kingdom that's coming after Babylon is Medo Persians. So how do I know it goes from the head of gold to the chest of silver, and that's Medo Persia? Because God said it was. It says, here they come. This ram lifted up on On one side, higher on one side than the other. And the higher side came up last. When Cyrus started the pact between the Medes and the Persians, it started as a a group of Medes in the the kingdom of Media. And then what happened is he gets a pact with Persia, and Persia grows bigger and ultimately takes over. So it goes from the the empire of of the Medes, to the Medo-Persian, to the Persian. So it's moving from Mede, and then Persia grows bigger and actually ends up swallowing up the Medes and it just becomes a Persian empire. That, this is what the Bible says. saying. The second horn comes up last. It comes up. It grows bigger. It comes over the top. And I saw the ram pushing west, north, and south. And no animal could withstand him, nor was there any that could deliver from his hand. But he did according to his will and became great. So we have the prominence of the ram. We have the prominence. Man, he went everywhere but east. See, mod? how come he didn't go east? Because the Medo-Persian Empire never went east. Went north, south, and west. Never conquered in the east. The Medo-Persian Empire grew powerful. In fact, <clears throat> at the time of the battles between Greece... In the Medo-Persian Empire, the Medo-Persians boasted an army of over a million men. That's pretty big in the ancient world, right? In fact, the Medo-Persian army was so big, there was part of the Medo-Persian Empire that they called the Immortals. Not because they lived forever, but why? Because you couldn't kill them all. One falls down, another one steps in his place. One falls down, another one steps in his place. So they got the the name of the immortals. This becomes a a mighty empire (coughs) that's symbolized by this ram with two horns. Now we see, moving from that, we see the goat. Let's look at the goat. Roughly 400 years after Medo-Persia, it says, And I was considering, and suddenly a male goat came from the west, across the surface of the whole earth, without touching the ground. And the goat had a notable horn between his eyes. So this is a weird looking goat, right? You got a goat with a a horn in the middle of his head. Crazy. What do they call them horses like that? Hey, look how smart you guys are. So I'm not saying it's a unicorn. I'm just saying, you know, if they had a horn in the middle of their head. So here he comes. It says uh, he has a notable horn between his eyes. Then he came at the ram with the two horns that I saw standing by the river, and ran at him with furious power. And I saw him confront the ram, and he moved with rage against him, attacked the ram, broke his two horns. There was no power in the ram to withstand him, but he cast him down to the ground and trampled him, and there was no one that could deliver uh, the ram from his hand. So where's he come from? The west. What was to the west of the Medo-Persian Empire? Greece. Greece. And you remember the story of the Medo-Persian Empire? I shared with you last time they made a a crazy movie that you probably shouldn't see that talks about one of the battles, the Battle of Thermopylae, the Battle of the Hot Gates. The the legend was that 300 Spartans stood and withheld the army. You guys know that's not true, right? It was about an army of 5,000 and it was led by 300 Spartans. But you guys know how Legends grow, right? Nonetheless, 5,000 against a million, uh, that's, that's pr- pretty good, right? So, but they all get slaughtered, every one of them. Every one of them gets slaughtered. King Xerxes does that. You guys ever read Esther? <laughs> Anyways, <coughs> King Xerxes does that. It, it, <coughs> he ends up having to go home. He leaves. But what he planted into the hearts of the Grecians was hate. Rage. Fury. So when Philip of Macedon had a son and decided his son needed to be educated better than most other children, he kidnapped to teach his son who? You guys know? Aristotle. So Aristotle becomes his personal uh, teacher of his son Alexander, who we know as what? Alexander the Great, who conquered how much of the world? All of it. Did he do it fast? Almost like a goat looking like it's not touching the ground? Flying across? And who's the first people he mopped up? Medes and the Persians. How long did it take him? Three years. Three years. That's fast. Three years to obliterate the Medo-Persian Empire, which had a humongous army. He moved with furiousness, and he trampled and smashed and obliterated this, this, uh, this ram. He moves with speed. He has this power. But then look at verse 8. Something happens. Therefore it says, The male goat grew very great, but when he became strong, the long large horn was broken. What happened to Alexander the Great? He conquers the whole world, but he's a pretty young guy, right? You know, when he was 21 years old, they said he was the greatest military mind who had ever lived. That's pretty young to be called that. And then we know that when he's about thirty two, because there's no place left on conquer, all he can do with his time is drink and get wasted and he does. He does. Now a lot of people will tell you he didn't have any sons. He had two he had two sons. But as soon as he died he also had four generals. The four generals look over at the two sons and decide, Oh, this is easy. So he killed so he killed the two sons, and the four generals take over from Alexander the Great. So Alexander the Great says the large horn was broken in its place. What happens? Four, four nor, notable ones came up toward the north. Those are the four sides. They, they kind of stay where they're at. But these other two, the north, king of the south, king of the, King of the west, that's going to all come up again. That's the west. Come up again with come up again with the Figure that there's going to be a little gift to play in that. So let's go. We got four notable horns. So I'll enter this go. just like I was. Saying. The horns. So I'll this this foreigner, just like I was. Saying. The main. So, so on the four notable horns out of Greece comes a little horn. That's a little different than the little horn we beat about. The little horn tender, out of the eastern Seleucus, so, that becomes Syria and Babylonia. he